Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Amber Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in play fantasy football show a proud member of empire media and the empire media podcast network demandy here joined as always by johnny foosball john vanette now john we joked about this last week and i don't like to repeat here but the drake and josh combo once again scored and they are now two and oh as they both score touchdowns is this the new coaching to the fact that zay jones is now being involved in the offense what's going yeah. on with these raiders do not overlook that zay jones had a catch i think they have a pretty good record whenever he gets a single catch. So, you know, they're, they're, but they're down Willie Sneed. So maybe that means more Zay Jones catches more wins. Who knows? And it was a nice catch too. I was like, how do you not get this guy more involved? It was like a 30 or 40 yard catch, right? Because the other like, receivers are so good. I'm telling you, they've blossomed. They got rid of John Brown and Willie Sneed just because the other receivers have gotten better. Oh, and, and you are soaking in the Raiders magic. I can tell it's all over your face. We are. We love home, that here. It, it, Something happened. Mahomes is bad. The Raiders are good. Like the planets are aligning correctly. <laughs> oh man. Well, of course, we all also joined here by a collector, a trader, and a spooky individual. It's the Doc, aka Eric Mendelson. What's going on? You know what? Basketball playoffs are tonight. Everybody's been pressuring me. Repping the squad here. Let's get this dub tonight. This is for everyone on our team that's watching. You didn't even show your full shirt, so I look like I don't even know what it said. That's it says Bola. That's bad marketing. Bola. Bad, bad marketing on your part. No, yeah, you know, that's just an undescribed Baltimore social sports. There you yeah, go. You, you got to subscribe to my OnlyFans to see that what the writing says. Well, speaking of OnlyFans, we have a, a guy worthy of being an on OnlyFans here. We welcome in a man that is the real you don't know, Bo. This legend in DFS does work for Chalk Block, Ball Blast Football, IBT Media, and Dynasty Vipers. He's also part of Going for Two and the Sports Me app. If you're in a corner of the fantasy space on Twitter, he's there. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of spice, the owner of Big Time Flavor Company, and is muy picante. It is Mr. Bo McBriar. Thanks. That's a great intro. I, I'm surprised you, you you didn't run out of breath for listing all the companies that I'm affiliated with at the at the moment this season. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be on the show, uh, not just for the fantasy foodies. I mean, this is the this is the triple play. We're actually going to talk about sports most of the time, I think. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So a bit like 
going it back to the fantasy freeze, which you have not done in a minute. This this was this was the dream team of the fantasy freeze when we were in our prime there. Uh, I'll never forget that first episode when we did the spicy stuff and and what happened after Bo had the hot sauce. It was fantastic, not for Bo, but for the audience. <laughs> great, great television. <laughs> so, like you said, man, you're doing twenty bazillion different things. You obviously have a regular job. How do you find the time to do all that you're doing right now? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm slacking off at my day job so that I can have time to join you guys. So I'm in I'll, my. I'll edit that out. Don't worry. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> Corporate I, America. I, I do a couple shows every week from my work office, and well, that's that is what it is. And then I get home and I'll I'll write some DFS articles. I do my research all hours of the day. And really all you have to do is cut out sleep. So That's too important. You can, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and now forgive me, because this part I was not familiar with. So how long have you been doing DFS? Cause I, I, rem I feel like when I first saw you in the space, you were kind of just fantasy, but then it was over the last, like maybe a year or so. I, you really seemed like you were towards DFS. Have you always been a huge DFS player or was it kind of gradually going in that direction? I've been playing DFS football since 2017, um, but I've only been creating content for it for a year and a half now. And so it was it was Nimble himself, Scott Simpson, that approached me about helping him create content, write, written content for his website last year in the preseason. Um, he hired me. He was paying me to write the articles last year, and we we I mean, obviously built a great friendship. Um, through that we've gone into business together now and and it's been it's been a lot of fun to create the content for DFS because I've been playing it long enough to kind of know that what I like as far as like what I want to pay for and what I want to get for free there are two different things with DFS because mm -hmm. you can go and you can pay for DFS content but it's got to be worth it you're or you're not going to hold on to it um, but I, I took from some of the subscriptions that I had over the years and decided that I wanted to kind of mold myself after the ones that I liked and try to avoid molding myself after the ones I didn't like and the ones I didn't stick with over the years. So this is the last I'm going to ask before we get, I know we have a lot to plan for the show today. I love DFS as well. And one of the things that I've interested to hear your perspective on, if it's free, do you think it can be accurate and good information or do you think it's very like surface level? Um, because there are some guys I watch and others that, you know, that you'll check out the stuff, you know, there's a bunch of free content out there, but is it actually the people that they're hardcore playing? Is it the, actually the advice that you think those people are taking or are they kind of leaving out some of the, the bigger stuff um, that makes sure they can still stay ahead of everybody else? Now I sure as hell hope that, the free content is just as accurate as the paid content, maybe just not as detailed. So okay. you're getting the same amount of, you're getting the accurate information. You're just not diving into as much of the details. You're not actually purchasing exactly what they're buying, but you're, you're at least entering the realm of, oh, oh, this is what I'm working on. These are the players that are popping out to me. I can give that away for free. I'm not going to build your lineup for you. If, if it takes me extra time, that's where the, the monetization comes in for me mm -hmm. is like, if I'm spending extra time, I want to be, I want to be compensating myself for the time spent on that extra work. And that's, that's where I think it's important to 
um, if you're if you're in that space where you're spending enough time on it and you're and you're pouring your blood, sweat, and tears into something with that much detail, um, you should be compensated by people who are voluntarily going to pay you for that. Uh, and so, yeah, it's never going to be like we're not holding a gun to your head saying, "Hey, subscribe to my content," or else it's more like, "Hey, if you like what I'm doing and you want to be a part of it." Um, this is, this is the fee that we're charging, take it or leave it. And it's, I don't want to charge a lot of money because it's like, that's not the idea. It's more of just like, Hey, I'd like to pay myself back for the time I'm spending on this. Um, but yeah, the free stuff is, is it's, it's all the same stuff. It's just less detailed, I think. And there's so many people out there like Chris Robin and, and a lot of those guys that, that pretty much just do all their work for free. And, and I commend them for it because they're doing amazing stuff and they are playing exactly what they're, what they're preaching. And so, yeah, that's, that's what it is, is there's a couple outliers. Yeah. There are going to be snakes out there no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. but uh, by and large, the DFS community is awesome. Yeah. And DFS can be one of the first guys that comes to my mind is Jordan Vanek, who pretty much came awesome. into the space looking to try to become a, a DFS guy for awesome. and he's now, at Awesome doing content yeah. for them. I saw a video of, of him with them today on their show. He was on shock blocked first. Don't yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> But he's he's killing it. And like that's when you see someone achieve their dream like the way he is, it's very motivating yes. for others as well to keep chasing what they're trying to do. And it's it's just all great. The community's awesome. And uh with that being said, we got a lot we're gonna talk about in today's episode. We've got our week one short stories, our stuff or fluff, our favorite DFS stack. Speaking of so much DFS and our obscure tight end touchdown of the week predictions. Make sure you stay tuned for all of that. After, we'll go to our question of the week. Which player in the NFL do you think talks the most trash on the offensive side of the ball? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! All right, woo doggy. Let's get this thing rolling here. Let's start with the news and notes here, the headlines Going into week eight, we got to start, of course, with these Green Bay Packers who are now down, not just Devontae Adams, but just as a couple hours ago, they are also now down Alan Lazard. Both COVID, both are not expected to play as they're not expected to be able to pass two negative COVID tests before the Thursday night game. Bo, is there anybody on the Green Bay Packers side of the ball that's going to intrigue you, even potentially for DFS purposes, if you're looking to pick up a streamer for this week, just for your season long leagues? Is there anybody you're interested in? Uh, as a receiver no uh it's going to be more of a i'm going to look to attack the extra value added to aaron jones i'm going to look to uh see that this one week outlier with a thursday night game against a really tough defense is i'm going to look to um acquire kylan hill maybe because uh, it looks like AJ Dillon might be doghouse for a bit, and especially against a tough defense, Dillon's not the most versatile back, and Kylan Hill really is. So we might see a little uptick, and so I might in a deeper league, I might be preemptively adding Kylan Hill uh, just in case things don't go well in Buffalo. Uh, that that's kind of what I what I see happening, is especially if if Adams doesn't get cleared for Thursday. Um, I know Lazard won't because he's. Uh, He's got the time frame working against him, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's an outside chance anyway for Adams, and so I I think that this offense is really going to struggle against Buffalo. Yeah, it's it's going to be one of those things. I think it almost kind of reminds me, uh, at least from the Green Bay side, similar to what we just saw yesterday. And most people were having Alvin Kamara as their captain. It was I think 
pretty much like 80% of the people at Alvin Kamara in the captain spot. seems like it's a pretty smash kind of thing for Aaron Jones in, in this case. And uh, he's obviously going to have a lot of work there in that game. Johnny, I want to go to you for this next one here. The Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, has believed to have suffered a sprained PCL, and he's going to be out two to four weeks. Now, they just brought in Joe Flacco in a trade, a six-round pick that could become a fifth-round pick with playing time factored in there. They also have the legendary Mr. White that's over there right now that played quarterback to finish out the game last week. Right now, they don't know who's going to start. Some places say it's going to be White. Some places say it's going to be Flacco. Do you think this matters? Is there any relevance positive uh, from this quarterback switch here? But no, it, it certainly doesn't matter. You were maybe starting Corey Davis, maybe if you thought the matchup was good, but that was a big if and or maybe you weren't really uh, locked into that. I don't know why Joe Flacco would lock you into it. So I'll just take a couple seconds to just ask why the Jets bothered to trade for somebody. They're tanking. They're not making the playoffs. I mean, a sixth round or fifth round isn't going to be, you know, a home run starter right away, but it just seems silly, especially because they had Flacco last year. To wait, wait, John, <laughs> they're trading for an elite quarterback. Don't you remember he's elite? <laughs> yeah. And notoriously bad at, at helping younger players, uh, younger quarterbacks. So it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I was very confused by the move. I guess they want to be competent in the meantime. You never know if, if, uh, if Mr. White's playing the full game there. Uh, Dude, what's his first name? Mike. Okay, good. I, I just really like thought he didn't know, to be honest. I no, I did too. I, I, I thought no, you were going just... Reservoir Dogs on us. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just like, I, I was like, I feel like it's very mysterious, Mr. White. So I was like, kind freaking of like breaking him. bad over here. That's, what yeah, I that, that's what I kind of was doing, but you guys ruined the shtick anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't think they trust him actually being able to play the next four weeks with defenses having, you know, but, film on him. But and why not? There's a lack of film on him. Yeah, there's but, like, there's like a half of it. He'll build up. I just, why not? What does it matter? Why are we talking this much about the Jets? This is because bad. it's That's, hilarious. There's just no happiness allowed for that football team. It's no, I'm glad I'm not a fan. Doc. The Deshaun Watson sweepstakes seems to be coming down to two teams. Most recently, they talked about the Dolphins, the Panthers. It's the strong candidates. Obviously, there could be a mysterious other team kind of pushing the mix here. But my question to you is, do you think he gets traded by the November 2nd deadline? It's already been reported that he will not be placed on the exempt list, so he could technically play right away. No, I, this is ridiculous. We've been hearing these rumors since August. It's like the boy that cried wolf. Like, Every, like the Dolphins have come out and said two is our quarterback. Obviously, maybe the Panthers hot are a little bit more interested, but just because he's on the exempt list doesn't mean that he faces legal problems. And it's kind of a, a no-win situation because the Texans aren't going to give him up for cheap. The team would have to probably give up multiple first rounders, and you don't know how he's going to be charged criminally or if he will at all. So I just think that this is going to carry over into the offseason, um, you know, whether the charges are dropped or not. I mean, if everything is true, he shouldn't be playing. So I'm glad that at least he's not on the field. We've talked about this a lot, but having 50 massage therapists is a red flag in and of itself. It's odd. Yeah, yeah very much so. Bo, going back to you here, Saquon Barkley is likely out until week nine. You also have Miles Sanders, who's week to week and is expected to miss this week. I think we already know Devontae Booker's the guy with the Giants right now. But if you had to pick up Mr. Kenny Gainwell, or you had to pick up Mr. Boston Scott. You had to pick one. 
Who do you think has the better day against the second to worst run defense with the Detroit Lions as far as fantasy points per game given up? So between 100 drafts I did for best ball and season-long leagues, I have 80% or I have 65% draft exposure to Kenny Gainwell and another 15% acquired through waivers. So if you're in a league with me, Kenny Gainwell is not going to be on the waiver wire um, because he's a better back, more versatile back than Miles Sanders anyway. He can actually catch the ball, run routes. He runs routes like a receiver. He breaks tackles. He's one of the best best running backs in this uh, draft class uh, with his versatility. Boston Scott is... He's a good depth piece. He'll get some carries. He's just not going to do much with them. Uh, Kenny Gainwell's the guy here. Uh, boss, there's a reason why Boston Scott didn't see very much playing time at all until Sanders got hurt. And I think Sanders, that low ankle sprain, two to four weeks, that's not going to be a big deal. And it's not like they were giving him the ball that much anyway. If you had to put money on it, who gets more, not touches, but who gets more carries? Is it Scott Rushing versus, carries? Yeah. It'll be Boston Scott, but he'll average like two yards of carry and it'll be irrelevant. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think more carries will go to Scott, but I could see more touches definitely going to Gainwell. He seems so, like the more explosive player. So the way the but... Eagles play, Boston Scott will get five carries. Gainwell will get three carries. Right. But it'll all be passes. Exactly. After <laughs> <laughs> and Eagles. they'll run like eight tunnel screens. So <laughs> <laughs> those Eagles or something else. Doc, real quick, last bit of news I want to get to here. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan will not guarantee much for Jimmy Garoppolo as far as starting going forward. He said, quote, he would guess Garoppolo starts under center in week eight. Is it Trey Lance time next week? Is it Trey Lance in week nine? How soon are we seeing Trey Lance here? Uh, We're going to see Trey Lance as soon as Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which is probably next game. Like the 49ers just don't stay healthy. I'm I'm getting real sick of Kyle Shanahan. Like for the longest time it was John Lynch and John Lynch has, has should have been gone a while ago, but, Kyle Shanahan's arrogance is really starting to get to me. Like, just commit to a starter. Like, teams aren't going to say, oh, well, he's being ambiguous. We're just going to look at one quarter. Like, no, other teams prepare for both quarterbacks. Like, just stop. So the one thing that you guys, there was a um, a thing that went out today, and I forgot who tweeted it. It was it kind of was going semi-viral. And it was Kyle Shanahan when calling in an offensive play. And it's a guy picking up a phone, a, like a pay phone, and then he just Put a big old fart in the phone and hangs it up. <laughs> and I, was like, it's I saw I, he has a worse win percentage than Matt Nagy as a head coach. He and I think the it's, time. And I think it's similar to Chip Kelly. So I mean, yeah. he, I look. I, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is a genius. He's just way too full of himself, and I'm not a fan of trading up for players and then just putting them in the doghouse. Like, is he a genius though? He is X's no, and O's wise and scheme. What about, X's and O's and scheme wise? Yes. He's, he's probably no, I think his genius is his last name because his dad created that system. I, and I, all he did was make extra plays on it. Top top five offensive mind in the league. Maybe n- not the best head coach, but coordinator, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I think I, I, I would put him in the bottom half of that, that category too. Because oh, he hasn't just, innovated anything in the last three years. If he was such a good offensive coordinator, the offense would be good. I mean, it's also hard when like all of your team gets hurt. But he's a genius. He's not yeah. a mediocre. Coach. Yeah, but you gotta have talent. If he's top five, he should be. It should be regardless, because uh, I mean, look uh, what happened to the Cowboys last year when when Dak went down. They looked bad for a couple of games, and then they started scoring points with Andy Dalton. So I'd put. Ben I'd put Moore yeah, and and and, and you lost and you lost what and you lost one quarterback or you lost your quarterback 
The 49ers have lost anyone that's of importance on that team besides Debo. Somehow Debo has stayed healthy. Doc, you seem very hurt. Are you okay? Brave and I I'm, no, I'm pretty healthy. They haven't no, lost I, anybody on this offense this year other than uh, Raheem Mostert. What, what are you talking about? George Kittle's on IR. They even throw at him anyway. He's a blocker. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, we could, we could put a lot. Right there. You got a first-round wide receiver they don't throw to. You have a tight end who only blocks because nobody else can block. You have running backs that are drafted ahead of other running backs that don't even see the field. I, well, the last point I can't argue about. Yeah. And then they drafted what CJ Beathard in the third or fourth round a couple oh, years yeah. ago. And it's Hurts like, the oh, ball he's over. Such a he genius. Hates it. Yeah. I, I'll go to the grave saying Kyle. Well, I, I, let's let's be real. The, the drafting, we're throwing John Lynch under the bus and going back and forth and keep on running him over. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's put a, a bookmark in it there. If you enjoy hearing Doc go off about his 49ers, check out all the great content going on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got, of course, our baseball and basketball podcast. Also, Super Fantasy Bros, which airs right after this show, Between the Seams with Marty and Mac for baseball and the Tripwire every Monday. Shorter content, we have our coaches' corners. Fantasy Foodies, of course, with my co-host Bo right there. Hasn't been done in a while, but we'll bring that back at some point. Movie Minutes. All that great stuff on our YouTube channel and all a bunch of great articles you can find on TripPlayFantasy.com. Of course, make sure you stay in the know by following the social media at TripPlayFantasy on Twitter. All right, guys, I'm going to level with you here. If Kryptonite is Superman's greatest weakness, then a good fantasy football podcast brings me to my knees and strips me of all my powers. Anything that can capture my attention from my workout, my job, and heck, even my wife, that takes superhuman abilities. What if I told you that the podcast was Triple Play Fantasy? Search it and subscribe. It's so easy. Even if you have a monkey banging a symbol between those cans of ears that you have there, those ears of yours, there ain't nothing stopping you from subscribing. And uh, yeah, that's no cap. So make sure you subscribe. <laughs> David, I think in that metaphor, we really want the podcast to be like the Earth's yellow sun giving Superman his powers, not some sort of kryptonite zapping his strength away. But, you know, next time. <laughs> I like it, though, A for effort. <laughs> well, I mean, if kryptonite is, is his weakness, then a bad fantasy podcast is my weakness. So I need a good one to combat that. So that was the point of it. But I guess it make, does make more sense the way you said it. So uh, Put a feather in that one, though. We'll be back again next week with another one. <laughs> We're going to jump into our week eight preview after we pay our bills and have this short, quick break on the podcast version. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. We're going to start off with our week eight short story. So I fixed it in my script here. Are we, uh, are week, week seven, seven short story? God. <laughs> <laughs> week seven short story. Surprise from week seven. Victory laps. Anything you want to come clean about? It's your 60 seconds to talk about anything you want to talk about from last week. So, Bo, let's start with you. What's your week seven short story? I mean, it's got to be Kyle Pitts, right? I mean, mm-hmm. So you have all these all these people saying I'm crazy for drafting Kyle Pitts in the second round of Scott Fishbowl. I'm crazy for saying he's going to be a top three tight end this year. 
Well, guess what, guys? He's got the most receiving yards through six games in the history of the NFL for a rookie tight end. Guess what? It's not really fair to Mike Ditka because he got his record broken by a wide receiver. It's really not fair to Mike Ditka. He, I think Mike Ditka should keep the record because Kyle Pitts is about as much of a tight end as I am a fitness model. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just not fair because Kyle Pitts made two ridiculous catches out of his 163 yards uh, in week seven. I just love the kid. He's he's an incredible athlete. No disrespect to Jamar Chase. He was he's just as special at his position um, as a vertical receiver. But Kyle Pitts is the truth, and is going to be for the next ten to fifteen years. Yeah, he's looked. He, I mean, I I wrote up a little thing about him in, with overreactions, and you look at how much he's actually lined up in line as a tight end, and it's under twenty percent. He's lined up consistently as a wide receiver. And yep. you're right. It's like label him as a tight end, but the man's a wide receiver. It's a cheat code. Um, I just hope they label him as a wide receiver for his second contract. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's, I think it's one of those that like, they know that hopefully they'll do the right thing with that. Uh, but I want to ask this real quick before we hop into John here from uh, Levy Landis checking in here five and one. I have three tight ends, Gronk, Dawson Knox and Ertz. And who do I drop out of those three? That's, that's a good problem to have. Go. I say, I say Gronk, like Gronk is just touchdown dependent. Like Dawson, if you're five and one and can hold Dawson Knox. Yeah. Obviously Zach Ertz. I think Zach Ertz is going to be more touchdown dependent because of how many, there's six mouths to feed in that offense. But also uh, I feel like that it's not as much of a, uh, red David. zone look with or like, but Gronk, it's a you know. really good offense, David. David, 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 you said, Oh, Arizona's gonna want to show its new shiny toy. Yeah, they did last, last week. week. He he had a touchdown. So it's a one week. thing, it's a one week thing to show you new shiny day. toy. It was you national tight end day. Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> we're gonna cut into my short story. I hate national tight end day, like that was the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. About five minutes into the, well, the one o'clock game, so you know I was tired of it. And they're tweeting it. They graphics, National Tight End Day, National Tight End Day. I, if I don't hear it for another five years, that'll be too soon. But it'll apparently <laughs> do have, happen every year, I guess. Week seven we'll every year. We'll have to pick up a bunch of them every time it's National it, it, Tight it's End not, Day. It's not. This is like Hallmark inventing like Valentine's Day or something. Like yep. this is just the NFL doing something obnoxious. You can thank George Kittle for this disaster. Yeah. I, I'm sure if he knew what it was going to become, he probably wouldn't have created it. Oh, um, yes, he would. <laughs> that's, yeah, true. He's, I could see that, actually. Uh, last, we'll answer this one real quick here. I need running backs. I got Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, the Ernest Johnson, Joe Mixon, start every week, and just drop Mike Davis. Um, so, wait, what's the question? He's oh, so, dropping oh, this tight is, end. oh, so he's dropping one of those tight ends for one of these running backs. He, uh, he said, for who no, I got. He has, he, those, he running has those running backs. Yeah. I, I think he's just letting us know his roster. Uh, I need to uh, let you give us some people who are free agents. Let us know who's out there. We can <laughs> we can let you know. If I uh, if I knew those type of things, I would have uh, retired by now. So uh, anyway, Doc, what's your short story? Uh, well, I mean, we already talked about the 49ers. I said a couple weeks ago their season was over, um, but now it looks like the Seahawks season is over. And oh man, like. I have been saying for the while, for the longest time that Russell Wilson was the best quarterback because you see what Seattle is without him. They are awful. And the best part is Pete Carroll saying, I've been here a long time, and if we didn't have Russell Wilson, I probably wouldn't have been here a long time. He's 37-52 <laughs> and 52 without Russell Wilson. Also had a championship-level defense. So Pete Carroll basically just admitted he was a bad coach, which is what I've been saying for years. 
Seattle's a dysfunctional organization. And once, once Russell Wilson leads this offseason, they're going to be a bottom five team for a long time. And I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, you're, you're just like the example of someone like, we suck, but I'm bringing you down with me. You suck too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The 49ers suck, but at least Especially like. Especially when it's their biggest rival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like here's the thing. We don't have any draft picks for the first couple of years. They gave it up for Jamal Adams. We gave it up for Trey Lance. We're going to equally suck. Uh, I like it. Uh, I'll keep mine quick. I've Bo, you'll appreciate this. I feel like I've been tasting in the Millie Maker. I feel like it's it's been teasing me. You know, there's this been a couple was your times. Story last week? No, it wasn't. It was um, it was something else. I feel like I've been tasting it. I was in the uh, in the top couple hundred uh, a week ago, and this past, it's just like a couple little pieces. It's just like I'm. It's like I'm like I just water two things here. I, I'm. I tasted Bo. I tasted it, and it tastes really good. But it's like the forbidden fruit that you take a bite of, you want more, but you can't get the whole thing until you get it right. So, uh, it's 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 definitely a fun addiction to have. I I love playing DFS. I I don't tweet about it as much as other stuff, but I have probably even more fun doing it just with the rush it gives you if you actually are doing really well. So, uh, that's that. Uh, but here's the running backs available: Khalil Herbert, Kenny Gainwell, Gainwell, Gainwell. That's easy. Brandon Bolden and Ty Johnson. I think Ty Johnson and Damian Williams are easy nose here, which leaves you Herbert, Gainwell, or Bolden. I'd say Herbert or Gainwell with Gainwell being the edge. Yeah, I, that's how I would do. What do you think, I'd John? just be worried about Herbert's shelf life with David Montgomery. That's sort of the only thing, but he looks great. <laughs> yeah, so so Gainwell seems to be the consensus. Herbert as a second, and Brandon Bolden third there. All right, let's go to our next segment we got. And that's our stuff or fluff segment. So I'm going to read you guys a couple statements and you're going to tell me if it's something that you think has some stuff behind it or just a bunch of marshmallowy fluff that we should not buy into. So I have five listed. We might not get to all five with time reasons here, but we're going to get through at least four of these. So let's start with the number one one here. Sam Darnold's days as a fantasy relevant quarterback are over already after seven weeks. Bo, is this stuff or fluff? It's fluff. As bad as he's looked, their schedule's still really soft the next few weeks. Um, they're going to give him a chance to rebound here. Um, CMC is probably going to be back um, in the next couple of weeks once his next once his IR stint is over. I think that was just precautionary because of the schedule lightening up. I don't think they expected him to lay an egg twice in a row or three times in a row, really. But this team's still pretty good. They're they're going to give him chances to recover. Um, him getting benched, I'm thinking they're hoping it's a wake-up call. They're kicking the tires on Deshaun Watson. If that doesn't wake up Sam Darnold, nothing will. Um, I love the ability he showed in the first three weeks, and then something went awry, and now, I mean, it's it's bad, but I don't think it's going to be bad for much longer. It's a good point you bring up with his schedule there because you look on the surface, and over the first three weeks, he was averaging over 21 points per game, QB 12. Over the last five weeks, he's now dropped – to 17.48 fantasy points per game over those five. He's failed to top 16.1 fantasy points over his last three games. Obviously, you, like you said, he got benched his last game. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson combined for six receptions on 15 targets when they were aligned out wide as wide receivers. And um, it just seems like he's not getting the job done as far outside of the rushing touchdowns he's had. So I like the confidence you have there, Bo, especially again bringing up the schedule and, uh, I think it's one of those things he's going to have to put up soon. And, you know, 
hopefully he will with with a uh, easier opponents hopefully coming down the road here. Uh, another question here: Should I get rid of Dearness Johnson now since uh, Chuck nope. his plate? That, nope. Oh, we got Bo. You saying get rid of him? Yes. Ooh, well, yeah, I like that, that. That, that, that's a snap call when Kareem Hunt is on IR, Nick Chubb is coming back, and Dearness looked good behind a good O line. You don't want to be stuck having to pick him back up next week off the waiver wire. Exactly. So, Bo, since they're both saying drop him, how come or keep him? How come you're saying drop him? Because Chubb's going to get all the work. Okay, so you don't think he'll get a, a Kareem Hunt light type of role? No, he's not that type of player. He's the Chubb replacement. Demetric Felton is the Hunt replacement, and they showed it last year. When Chubb went down, Hunt kept his same exact role. They plugged in Dearness Johnson. And last year he didn't perform, but this year he did because Chubb was out and Hunt was out. They didn't have anybody else, so they ran both Felton and Johnson out there. They both looked pretty good in their roles because, again, they have a great system and a great offensive line. But with Chubb back, that replaces Dearness Johnson in their system, and they're going to probably run a lot of Chubb and Felton because they're defined roles in that system. I just don't believe that a guy has 22 for 146 and two catches for 22, and then all of a sudden he's benched. Well, I think there's a difference between being benched and maybe saying he gets like five touches where you're not going to want to start him. I don't, I don't think Bo's saying he's not going to like play a Oh, I'm not saying you start him, but I, I still think you roster him. I guess it depends also on like how deep your bench yeah. is too. That's right. obviously always. I, I wouldn't advocate dropping him outright unless you had a bench constraint. Um, next question we'll go to real quick from Miles: Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, or Cortland Sutton in flex rank one through three. Got to know. Set it PPR. Uh, let's assume it's PPR since there's no format get, and that's the standard right now. So, uh, I think Jerry Judy's coming back. It's, again, it depends if you're confident he's going to have near a full workload in his return. Uh, but we don't know that there hasn't been anything that's come out to say if he's going to be limited or not. I think you got to have, this is going to be a little tricky. Javante Williams is split every week. So you kind of already know that's, it's a standard league. So he clarified. So that definitely makes a difference. I think if it's standard, you go, you go, Sutton uh, Sutton one, Javante two, Judy three. I put Javante last because he's, when you split in a standard league, you're just praying for a touchdown with a split because he's not going to get many yardage points. Uh, Sutton and Judy are going to get pretty even workload, assuming J- Judy's healthy. Sutton is a, more of a touchdown threat than Judy is, but Judy's a volume guy. So if his PPR, I would say Judy. Standard, I'd lean Sutton. All right, I can dig that. Let's do this last one, and we'll get back to a couple more react- or a couple more things here. Eckler and Diggs for Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Hawkinson. They get the Eckler side. Yes. I, I think I would do this. I yes. Mean, yeah. I I think with Michael Thomas like, isn't gonna play this year. <laughs> that's that, that's a that's a picante take. That, that was in my article, actually. I said oh, that really? he mysteriously re-aggravated his injury the week before he was supposed to come back. Wow. I mean, especially if they're if they're out of it, why why rush? No, it's more like um, they're, four and, they're four and two. They're not out of it. They're not out of it. He just well, he, like both say they might. He might not even want to play for him anymore. So I think yeah. smash the Eckler side on that one. That's an agreement there. Let's go to our next stuffer fluff. Now, both one was especially for you. Kyle Pitts should be a lock to be a top five tight end rest of season. Stuffer fluff. That's stuff, and he's going to be top two rest of season. Ooh. Johnny, Mahomes and Kelsey are playing. Him and Kelsey are going to be indistinguishable for the rest of the season. Now, John, 
being a big Darren Waller stand as you are, do you think that Darren Waller day is a top two tight end, at least this season, or that finished or done? Yeah, we had the topic uh, a few weeks ago. I really think they are just because of the emergence of all the new receiving threats in Oakland. And now you even add uh, a Kenyon Drake being used because their coach isn't trapped in the early 2000s. So there's really just too many weapons there all of a sudden. When last year he was pretty much him and Aguilar, now it's everybody else is is growing and doing well and, and honestly coming up with big clutch plays. It's not even like they're getting garbage time points. Yeah, so I mean, from the Raiders fan himself who's watching the games very closely, that kind of says it all. I mean, I think Waller's still going to be a top five tight end, but maybe his days of being elite number one, number two with him and Kelsey – now maybe he's kind of fallen into that next tier with Hawkinson, with Mark Andrews. He's, and he's fallen into that situation where he's a better football player than he is a fantasy football player. He he does better for the real-life team than he will for your fantasy team now. All right, interesting. Doc, Jamar Chase will break the rookie record for receiving yards and be a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy this season. Right now he's wide receiver four in points and points per game, and he is on pace to get 1,800 yards this season, which would break Justin Jefferson's 1,400 yards that he got last season. Doc, is that an easy stuff for you? I mean, it's an easy stuff, and you know what's really upsetting is I bet the under of his receiving yards, and he's probably going to pass it for like a game. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's stuff. I mean, look, him and Joe Burrow have the connection. I mean, Bur- Burrow is targeting him heavily. The Bengals, I mean, they look really – and the thing is you can't double him because T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are both very good twos and threes. Probably. Uzoma. Yeah, oh, Uzoma. Yeah. You can't stack the box against Mixon anymore. And, you know, they go back to their time at LSU, so there's definitely some bias there. And I think any time that, you know, you're a quarterback's favorite target that, you know, you have a lot more upside even if you're not open because the quarterback's going to try to force it to you because of that chemistry. So, I mean, it's stuff for me. What was he interesting? really had us all fooled by pretending he couldn't catch in the preseason. Yeah, he, he did. I mean, he can't see the stripes on the ball. <laughs> imagine if he could. He'd be even better. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a 25% target share right now, six touchdowns through seven games, over 16 yards per target. But what's funny, he's actually, and as far as targets per game, he's actually getting less than T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. T. Higgins is actually out-targeting him when he plays. So, uh, I mean, that's even kind of, I think that, you know, it's been brought up on a couple shows over the last like couple days that T Higgins is actually a very good buy low right now because Extremely he's, good. Get, he's getting a ton of targets and it just hasn't translated yet to the production, but it's going to be there. And right now, obviously, Jamar Chase is, is doing very well, but he's not going to keep up this pace as far as touch. You know, it's crazy. Jamar Chase has a, at least a 30 yard catch in every single game. So yeah. he has two catches over 70 yards. Uh, he has four over 50 yards. He's just getting these long plays that are making his fantasy day relevant. Yeah. So it is due there. for regression too. So uh, if I'm, if I'm holding Jamar chase, I'm selling high or I'm holding him and hoping he keeps going. Um, if I'm trying to buy Jamar chase, I'm waiting <laughs> because it's just way too hyped right now. Um, he's great. He's going to be great for a long time. But T. Higgins, like you said, is the buy low here because I don't even think his production's been that bad. It's just getting overshadowed. Mm-hmm. 15 targets last week. He still turned in a really good afternoon. And he's just being overshadowed is a great place to be, especially when your production's pretty good. So I'm buying low and I'm buying low in mass because T. Higgins is good. Yeah, he is. And 
people were forgetting that he was the popular uh, breakout before they drafted Jamar Chase and, you know, had an amazing rookie year. So, again, note, make sure you There's something extra fun about a really explosive wide receiver in the Bengals helmet and uniform, though, like Chad Ochocinco. It's just something about that is just much more fun than if he's on a, you know, even Justin Jefferson on the Vikings isn't as fun for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, our CD Lamb in Dallas is pretty good too. Um, last one, real quick here: Does anybody think Mike Evans is the number one option in the Buccaneers passing game? Is that stuff or fluff? Is everybody fluffing that? Yeah, Antonio Brown. It depends because they have so many good weapons on that team that it could be stuff one week and fluff another week. You yep. just don't know based on matchups that that team is going to exploit weak weaknesses ag- across the field from them. Um, and we've seen it every week. Some weeks it's a Godwin week or a Gronk week or an AB week or an Evans week. Um, and so, yeah, it's fluff on a weekly basis and then it's stuff in a different week. So, yeah, it's yes and no. <laughs> I mean, even though Mike Evans had three touchdowns, Chris Godwin had the most targets, reception, and yards. So, like, exactly the, the, the three touchdown and the handing the 600 ball, I think, is what overshadowed it. But Godwin had a good game also. Yeah, if you look at I their that stack in DFS. Ooh, yeah, I love Ooh, that. Did you, have, did you, uh, you had Godwin and Evans or just the Evans Brady connection? Brady, Godwin, Evans. Ooh, love that. Oh man, yeah. I'm sure you made out a little cash money. Yeah, it was a little it was a little nasty. I had it in a head to head too. And my two tight I had a double tight end with uh with Pitts and Uzoma in that same lineup too. Wow, oh, man. Yeah. The rest of them that. did nothing. Like I think I had Derrick Henry in that one too. So, but, but you don't need him to. <laughs> well, I kind of did in some some tournaments to make real money because, like, if, if you're not perfect in a big GPP, it's it's like they, oh you gotta double your money. Cool, it's awesome. But you could have made it with one different piece, like you said earlier, Mandy. It's like a Rubik's cube, but mm-hmm. it's got like four hundred thousand different sides and colors. Yeah, you just gotta put it together perfect. Um, but if you're off by one or two, it costs you a lot of money. Yeah. That's why the whole, not to get too much, I guess it can go into our DFS conversation as we get into our favorite DFS stacks here. You have to be like, that's why they started doing the stacking because they're like, instead of being right about nine separate things, you only have to be right about three games, you know, like, and you have your, you know, your quarterback with your single stack or your double stack, you bring it back with a player. You have a mini stack in another game. And that way, it makes it so there's a lot less guessing and a little bit more just correlation. And that's kind of been taking the DFS world by storm over the last couple of years. And you'll see most of the millionaire winners and a lot of people that do well outside in the tournaments. Cash games, it's a little bit more just putting whatever value you can get at, as far as the, the points per dollar. But the tournaments, correlations, all that really matters there. So let's talk about our favorite DFS stack for this week. And it doesn't have to be. Obviously, there's a lot of different ways you can go. But Bo... If you were picking a stack that you think people should maybe maybe you think it's it could go a little under own or maybe it's 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 just the chalk and people need to know about it, which stack do you want to talk about? So this stack is probably gonna make my spicy stacks on Friday night with Hammerjacks, but um, I just put it together today in preparation for this show. Um, I still think this Tennessee defense is atrocious, so I'm going to attack them like I did last week unsuccessfully with the Chiefs and go with Wentz, Pittman, and JT stacked Ooh. against the Titans, and I'm going to run it back with Derrick Henry because he, uh, I think he's still going to feast even against a tough run defense like Indy. We might see a lot of uh, 
a lot of people kind of off Henry at his mm -hmm. price this week because of what he didn't do against the Chiefs in a great matchup. The Colts' tougher, tougher run defense uh, scares even more people off of him. But I like that correlation because I think that game's going to shoot out big time. Carson Wentz, mm -hmm. sneaky, only has one pick this year. and like, he's He had, has a few fumbles that look like interceptions. He has more 400-yard <laughs> games than interceptions. That's crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I love that. And it, it, I think it'll go under-owned, too, because they'll have a lot more bigger names and, and other more talked-about stacks out there. But Pittman against that that Tennessee defense, he's actually he's going in my starum column, my start-sick column. Uh, this week, I already have him written up for that, and like I, I'm right there with you. I think that's he's a great call, and then throwing JT in there, I think, is a nice little mix too. Uh, Johnny, is there a certain offense or stack that you wanted to talk about? Or, well, I just I just wanted this to be this will be a, a definitely a hot take, but it's uh, why not start Sam Darnold, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson against the Atlanta defense? They're gonna they're gonna come pissed off because they just lost to the Giants. The Atlanta defense isn't that good. They made Tua look relatively fantastic i think he was one of the better quarterbacks of the of the day so hey t throw it take take a chance you know that's the point right you're not supposed to just guess what everybody else is guessing take a chance yeah take a chance but leave uh leave robbie anderson off of there he's trash <laughs> i know but i just i mean robbie anderson i would put chuba brilliant. hubbard in that stack over robbie and i think he's trash too but he's trash that's actually going to touch the ball more often than robbie robbie's gonna have like four balls at his feet, another two drops, and then he's going to catch a screen pass and fall down for his only catch. I, I like that adjustment. I like that adjustment. <laughs> All right. Doc, do you have one? Yeah, well, I, I want to stay with the uh, Indy uh, um, Tennessee game, and I want to go to the other side uh, with A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill. 51.5, uh, the second highest over under uh, to, to the Cowboys uh, Vikings, which – I don't feel confident taking anyone. Like I do think it'll be a high scoring, but I don't think there's a certain player that dominates. I think Indy has a good run defense and their corners are decimated. Debo Samuel carved them up. I think the tallest corner they have is Xavier Rhodes, who's under six foot. And we've seen what AJ Brown does with having stomach issues. I think that's past him now. And it's a division game. And I think when you're playing a team and especially because the Colts and uh, Titans are one and two, that, in or Tennessee, if they have a lead, they're not going to let off the gas. And I think the the team's first instinct is to stop Derrick Henry, which means hopefully one on one coverage for AJ Brown. So it didn't get. It's not past it. It's it's through him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Chipotle cleanse. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, there are a couple guys that I want to. I, I this Philly offense is intriguing. I just don't know if I'll hit the right combination. I do think Devonta Smith balls out in this game. Because Detroit Lions against number one wide receivers week after week after week, they get destroyed by the opposing number one wide receiver. And so he kind of intrigued me with the Jalen Hurts stack and then bringing it back with Swift. Detroit, as far as DVOA, they rank the eighth worst against number one wide receivers and uh, are giving up six receptions for about 85 yards per game. The 85 yards per game ranks in the bottom five in that category. Uh, so I think... You know, Devonta Smith will be a name that we'll see a little bit more common. I also, the Bengals against the Jets, the Jets give up a 30% target share to running backs this year. So if you have running backs that catch the ball out of the backfield, you've seen it multiple weeks. The running backs get involved against the Jets on the ground and through the air. They're actually one of the better pass defense, surprisingly, uh, whether it's because of game script and teams just blow them out or whatever. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of interested to zig 
when people might be going Burrow and Chase and maybe go to Mixon or go, you know, if you think they're going to blow him out, go to maybe a Samaj P. Ryan if you think he'll get some garbage time. Ooh. If you're really throwing it, trying to throw a dart there, no. or just get no, get the backup Bengals quarterback because Burrow's going to be benched again because they're going to be up by so much. Well, the thing I know that, you don't get credit just because somebody get, gets snaps. You should. should. <laughs> Mixon and Devonta Smith have, are two guys that I'm looking at to play a lot this week, just kind of looking through that type of stuff. But let's quickly get to one of our last segments of the night here, and that's going to be our obscure tight end touchdown of the week. And your boy finally got on the board. He had been shut out through the first six weeks, but CJ Uzoma was my guy last week. Wrote him up as my tight end sleeper. Two touchdowns. Uh, Bo, I saw Bo wrote him up as well in one of his articles. Uh, great week for if you had ZJ Uzoma in any way, shape, or form. Bo, so the rule for this is they have to be rostered in 50% or less of ESPN leagues. And uh, so that's pretty much the loose guideline here. Who would you pick for your obscure tight end touchdown this week? You're going to hate me, but I'm going way lower than 50% here. I love I'm it. I'm going with... Uh, the other Dallas tight end, it's going to be Blake Jarwin that gets a touchdown this week against Minnesota on Sunday night. So, Doc, sorry, but you won't have to worry about the Minnesota-Dallas game on the main slate because it's on the <laughs> primetime game. So you have to check out my Showdown Blasters article on Ball Blast for that one. Uh, but Blake Jarwin will be in it. Um, he's just as good, if not better, of a player than Dalton Schultz. He's just getting slightly fewer targets, and he's turned it into less touchdowns. But uh, Blake Jarwin is still a threat in this offense, especially with how their passing game spreads the ball around, and especially with uh, with Dak with a little bit of a bad wheel with the calf strain. He's going to be out there hobbling around like a warrior, but I think their A dot's going to go down a little bit, which brings their tight ends more into focus. Yeah, no, I, that's good. I, I'm actually, if Blake Jarwin scores that, I mean, to pick the tight end that's playing or running less routes and playing less snaps, that's digging deep, even though Blake Jarwin is barely talented. But you're a Dallas fan, so you, I feel like there's that they're running. They're running equal routes. They run a lot of 12 personnel, and actually Jarwin's on the field just as much as Schultz for most of their play packages. Uh, just the way their game flows are going is why Jarwin's a little ticked down. But I think they're. I think Jarwin as a receiver is a better player. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep an eye on that now. Maybe. I mean, he's going to be cheap in DFS. Bo, I might. I might fire him up. We'll have to see. Uh, Showdown slate. I love it. Uh, Johnny, who's your pick? So I. I think I've chosen this person before, but you know maybe that's how I get correct again. And and for the record, I chose Johnny Smith last week, and he had like 50 yards in like the first six minutes and then got hurt. So I'm counting that as half a win. He <laughs> got a touchdown had he not been hurt. But um, I'm going with Evan Ingram uh, for multiple reasons. It's a good matchup. Danny Dimes is going to be throwing some dimes. But also, I just want David to be watching the game. And when Evan Ingram gets a touchdown to go up on the Chiefs, just know that not only are they losing, but I'm also right. <laughs> wow. You're doubling down. Duh. Trying to just just – Take me down to the ground and just beat every just last one. Just demoralize you. Yeah. <laughs> to be I got to laugh, laugh at that one because I, I don't think the Chiefs are very good, but they're going to pummel the Giants. <laughs> and if, was, Evan Ingram couldn't catch COVID if, even if he tried. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I think if this game was in New York, I'd be a little actually kind of nervous. But I think if that's in Kansas City. Nope. Oh, David, keep talking it up. We know that you know, you've never uh, spoken – spoken too soon before at any sporting events. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not worried. Dave is not worried. The Giants don't have a chance. There, there can't be go. a Giants fan who thinks that's right? Just remember who's they really don't. 
Uh, Doc, who's your pick? It's finally Dan Arnold time. He gets his first touchdown in Seattle. That was my second choice. In Seattle, I'm going to hit, and Seattle's going to be losing the game. It's just going to be perfect. No, Doc, I'm with that one. I'm with that's that. a really good call. Um, you keep I'm saying going, that in, about mine, and they don't hit. So that was just the last two weeks. <laughs> uh, who does? Uh, okay, you know who I'm going with? I'm going with Adam Troutman, who's going against Tampa Bay. They've given up the third most targets and the most catches to tight ends this year. Adam Troutman's slowly been getting back more involved as far as actually running routes and catching the ball, not just blocking. I know Jawan Johnson's been the the bigger touchdown player. But I've encouraged what I've seen from Troutman as far as his involvement and in actually getting catches and, and being in the offense. And so I'm digging deep. Adam Troutman against the uh, the Bucks, who I'm sure are going to blow him out and they'll have to throw. So Adam Troutman, especially in the Jameis Winston revenge game, he's going to want to throw if he can. So <laughs> if I was like, no chance. Yeah, I like the Dan Arnold one better once Doc said Troutman that makes me want to throw up because... I faded him last night, and he fumbled on his first catch. I'm like, this is great, perfect. <laughs> I like, I look like a genius. I'm like, I'm not even gonna mention Adam Troutman. And it, when he catches four balls and scores a touchdown, I'll, be, I'll feel like an idiot. But first catch, he turns around and gets stripped, and I'm like, oh, yep, that's why I faded him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the, it's a mess, especially for many people like myself that thought Troutman was ready for a breakout this year. Uh, I just fit absolutely awful to swallow that, but. Let's get to our question of the week, which, of course, is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest-growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code TRIPLEPLAY. So as Nike says, just do it. All right. Our question this week, which player in the NFL do you think talks the most trash on the offensive side of the ball? Usually it's the defensive backs that are talking trash to the wide receivers. Or you have a linebacker that's talking trash to the quarterback. Don't hear too many times where the offensive players initiating the trash talk. So I'm interested to hear where you guys go for this one. Bo, I'll start with you. Who do you think talks the most trash on the offensive side of the ball? So I've been privy to I I I subscribe to like I follow Mike Up, like NFL uh Mike Up on Instagram. And I think it's Tyreek Hill. Is it really? When he run route, runs routes, every time he makes his break, he says "excuse me" to the to the corner, <laughs> and I think that's amazing that the guy that's the fastest, quickest player that's ever played the game just says "excuse me" when he's like running by a dude. And you think about how demoralizing that is that a guy, the guy that's lining up, is a professional athlete who has no chance of covering this guy one on one, and it's just "excuse me, excuse me, excuse me." And then after the play, when he gets, yeah, when he gets roasted, he probably turns around and just says, sorry, dude, he probably doesn't have to say much, but I mean, that's gotta be the most demoralizing thing to just get completely barbecued on the field all get all day. And all you hear is excuse me as he runs by. That's absolutely hilarious. I had no idea he did that. That's funny. Johnny, who's your pick? I, I know a few things that Tyreek Hill does do that uh, you probably would like to forget, David. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, you never let that uh, make sure that's not mentioned. So, well, I mean, it, it should be. It should follow him around. It's terrible. <laughs> it is, I mean, it is. It is. But uh, the NFL is a whole other discussion with what they allow and who they allow to play. But go ahead. Who's your pick? Um, I was going to say DK Metcalf, but that felt boring um, just after his Twitter spat. So I feel like Tom Brady almost has like, like a Max Scherzer type uh, thing where he 
like when Max Scherzer had that video and he's just cursing behind the glove up a storm before he pitches. I feel like Tom Brady's doing that when he throws the ball to somebody, like when he's looking at a like a cornerback. I think that's exactly what he does. He just starts like cursing, like, oh, you blank, 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 blank. I got you now. <laughs> I could see it. He actually popped in my head as one of the ones I would potentially use. So I could I could definitely see it. Like he seems very calm and collected, but I'm sure I'm sure he does it, the competitor he is. I bet you he scores on a quarterback sneak and goes, you just let a grandpa open the mouth kisses his kids score a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Doc, who's your pick? Uh, So it's Michael Thomas. You know, back in college, he used to tell cornerbacks which route he would run. Uh, He picks picks Twitter fights with Devontae Parker, saying that he's a way better wide receiver. And he picks fights with his uh, management and personnel. Says that he's not going to throw him under the bus, but has cryptic tweets about how he's covering up things that they've done. So not only talks trash on the field, but off it as well. A good pick. He doesn't like being called slant boy. He does not. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one, Doc. I, I I forgot all this stuff because he hasn't played in so long. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> My pick, I think this one's the winner. It's got to be Cam Newton, right? I mean, every <laughs> single time he gets a first down and he's already touched on, he's, he's doing this. Cam Newton and like David, they had to be in the league for to. He's here's here's the thing. I think I think Cam's obnoxious, but in terms of talking trash, I don't think as much. One of the famous mic'd up moments is when I know with him running that cover. Yeah, 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 with Clay Matthews. That's one moment though. But that was the only time he's ever like laughed about him knowing more tape than another player. I, I feel like if anything, he cries that he doesn't get enough whistles. Like he's complaining more than he is talking trash i don't know i feel like the way he kind of gloats like there's probably some stuff like a little bit more under the radar like he gets a first down and he's like talking to like a, a defensive back or a linebacker or something i think it's a little under the radar i, I think he might be the winner honorable we... mention to cd lamb for doing the on the first downs and oh then the waving God. high on his game-winning touchdown taking the fine yeah he he's all up in the cornerback's head there that, that first down might be the most obnoxious thing if I was a defense. Oh, it's player. so awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's unique. I love it. Uh, let's get to our last segment of the night here real quick, and that's going to be our game of the week, which is going to be a game I like to call practice squad player or a player I created in Madden. So this was this one is a, uh, a throwback. I haven't done this one in a while. Uh, Faith checking in. This it's is awesome. one of my favorites. <laughs> um. But yeah, so this one is, so it's exactly how it sounds. I'm going to read you a name and you have to tell me if it's a actual practice squad player or a random player I just made up. So we have seven here. So if we're tied after six, I'll go to the seventh one. Otherwise we'll have a winner. Everybody good? Let's do it. All Mm -hmm. right. Our first one, tight end Davis Wells. Bo, real or fake? Fake. Johnny? I'm going fake as well. Doc. Fake. This sounds like similar to the fake one you did for baseball yesterday. Uh, well, the correct answer. Thanks for outing me, Doc. Uh, the correct answer is true. He is a, he's a tight end for the Arizona Cardinals on their practice squad. Wow. All right. So we're all 0 for 1. Johnny, we're starting with you for number two. Wide receiver Michael F.F. French. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's two F's and it's spelled French. I feel like this is such a trick. It could <laughs> like, be. I don't know. Why, 
Why would you make up a name you can't pronounce? <laughs> it's spelled like this. I put it in the private chat so you guys can see it. <laughs> I, I mean, you it, love you love this. This mind is game? such a mind game. I'm gonna have to say real, but I it, it's gonna end up being fake. Why would you make up a name you can't pronounce? It's false. It's, it's false, fake. Doc. Uh we would have heard about this guy on Twitter. If yeah, we would have. We would have. It's false. The correct answer is false, but there is a guy with that last name. It's just a different first name. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that I was forgot his twist. first. But, you got uh, Mindy Shyamalan over here with the twist. <laughs> so I don't remember who got that one right. I think y'all. Okay, so two to one. Number three, running back, Jaquiel Hardy. Start with you, Doc. Uh, I'm going to go real. Bo? I'm going to go fake again because I think it's Hardy, but with a different first name. Johnny? I'm going fake. Uh, the correct answer is fake. The entire name is fake. Quill Hardy. So I believe I know. They're already backs named Hardy, so it's not fake. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. So at least that, that, that was the last name that I picked. Um, all right, Doc. You just, I think you got the one right, correct? Or no? No, I got it wrong. Okay. So you no, have to start your own score. So yeah, I know Bo, that, Bo got that one right. So I think Bo's got a little bit of a lead on you guys here. Number four, wide receiver, Cornell Powell. Starting with Bo. Cornell Powell? Mm-hmm. He's real. He plays for the Chiefs. Johnny? That was a very confident he's real. He's real. <laughs> he's real. Bo, the gamesmanship. You should have acted like you didn't know just so that you can give it to him. Nah, I got a lead. I can I can still I, I was can... gonna say I was gonna say real, but that just definitely made my answer easier. He also played at Clemson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, that's probably the easiest one I have on here. We've got two more. Running back, Kareth Whitehead. Johnny. I think that's real. Doc. I think that's real as well. Bo. Fake. Bo is on fire. It is fake. Wow. <laughs> I made sure that these names were. were I was taking it. I was taking a chance though, because I mean, to protect my lead, I could have just mirrored what they said. But that's true. Uh, this is the last regular one here, starting with, I believe, Doc on this one. Quarterback Ray Ray Bankert. That's real. I think well, it actually is a real guy. I'm saying false. I think I would hear about a quarterback named Ray Ray. So, <laughs> real. It is false. There is no oh. Ray Ray. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Bo blew you guys out of the wall. Oh, Bo no. won. No, he, he had yeah. four. I had three. I would have had four if I didn't do that for, 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 for French mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't have my soundboard hooked up right now, so I can't give you the, the <laughs> take applause. But I'll give you the actual applause for taking down the game 1-0 and in triple play game history. And uh, Bo... With that being said, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Absolute ton of fun having you on the show. It was great. I, I love the Triple Play brand. Um, I'm glad to be a very tiny part of it. Um, and uh, be, I'll hope to be on another uh, Triple Play production in the near future. We love you, man. You're awesome. All the great stuff you're doing. But we can't leave without you plugging all the great stuff that you do. So for those that might be living under a rock and aren't familiar with you in the fantasy community. <laughs> Why don't you tell them all the stuff you got going on? Here's my handle on Twitter. Go to there and you'll find it all, including the link to my website, bigtimeflavor.co. 
That's where you find my hot box gourmet hot sauce and all my seasoning blends. Um, it's the official punch in the mouth of fantasy football. That's all I need to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I, I'm why when we're done, I'm buying some of the hot sauce because I don't know why I haven't gotten it yet. So I'm going to do that because I need to maybe do a fantasy foodies where we put that on something and we do like a uh, some kind it's of the secret to a long and healthy marriage, David. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's don't need to sell me anymore. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, make sure you're following Bo if you're not already. One of the best follows on Twitter, one of the best guys you'll meet on there. So do that. Check out all the great stuff he's doing. Next week, we're going to be joined by Matt Miller, the NFL or the draft scout himself, ESPN NFL draft analyst. He's going to be on the show. We're going to be doing something I don't know what yet, but it's going to be a fun show. So stay tuned for that. Until then, everyone, be safe out there. Enjoy your seven hours of commercial free football. And we're going to make like a bread truck. We're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.